0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, Visit elevationchurch.com.au. Uh, welcome, everyone. If you're new, my name is Miles. I get the great honor to serve and pastor this place. And want to welcome any new people that are here for the first time. What an honor it is to have you celebrating baptisms and family members. And I just want you to know you're welcome. Yeah, come as often as you want. Um, we want you to feel at home here. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's uh, changed in the presence of our living God. We're in week two of uh, Genuine, a new series we started about building community with others. This is really really powerful series uh, for us as a church. We've had two goals this year, encounter God, community with others. Encounter God, community with others. That's what we filter every decision we make through our kids, our youth, everything we do. all of our church meetings, are we encountering God? Uh, Are are we building community with others? And we came out of Heart of Worship, that series on on worshipping. Now we're into Community, which is our series called Genuine. Real relationships in a superficial world. Where I got this idea uh, for this, series is actually a wedding of all places. Uh, We get to go to lots of weddings. I love the weddings. I love seeing uh, great couples get married. We've had a whole bunch at Hills recently and the uh, baby rooms will be booming in a few more years. Uh, But have a look at the screen. Hey, everybody. I'm here with Gabe. Mate, it was only six months ago. You were walking down here for your wedding. Yeah. This I was see. a special wedding that Bonnie and I were a part of and we want to talk about that today. Here's what blew me away. The depth of relationships that were happening. Yeah. Everyone was connected. Yeah. Everyone knew each other. Everyone had these deep, convictions of relationship that I really haven't seen very often. You know in some weddings, people, you invite because you have to? Definitely. Uh, There wasn't any of that. And you know how some weddings people get invited and they don't want to be there? This wedding, everyone's connected, everyone's talking, everyone's laughing, everyone's cheering. There was a special deep community that Bonnie and I said, we want to be part of a church that has relationships like this. Powerful. What's really special about this story and these relationships that were built was Gage from South Africa. It was only four years ago that he arrived in Australia, not knowing anybody. And then three years ago, you went to church, Elevation. And that's where it all began. Because when I looked at these relationships, I'm thinking, this has been going on for 20, 30 years. What God did in three years is amazing. And I want to unpack that with you. So let's start at the beginning. You went to Elevation.
1: What happened? I can vividly remember coming to Elevation for the first time. It was a revival night. And I remember in that night, I met about six or seven dudes, probably about my age or just older than me. Um, And I was plugged straight into a life group that night by, I think it was Jack Oxner. He, He told me, surely you got to join a life group. So I did. Did you know what a life group was? I had no idea. Here. I, no, I, think, I just, What am I signing up for? Absolutely. I just said, oh, well, food and, and hangs. Yeah, sure. Why not? Man, I've never felt more welcomed um, in my whole life walking to any sort of social event than when I did walking into Elevation.
0: And then what was amazing was only a couple of weeks later, yeah. lockdown,
1: but there's some loopholes yeah. and you're able to keep meeting. Yes. How often did you meet? I think we all knew that in order for us to get through COVID, we needed to be seeing each other weekly
0: how did then those events that life group that gathering cause those relationships to become so deep so quickly
1: having to meet weekly and talk to each other on such a consistent basis that really broke down a lot of walls for people
0: talk about the vulnerability so easy we can have a mask
1: you're an outsider you're a foreigner what what prompted that intimacy and that vulnerability i for my whole life, I've always been a person that was not very vulnerable. I, I definitely carried a lot by myself. I, I never knew Christ when I came over. What was it like to be able to share and trust people with your secrets and your story? Uh, hard at first. It's, it's hard to tell someone something that is really deep and you know, that's impacted you for a while because um, you don't know how they're going to respond. You know, We talk about how men can be brash and harsh with the way they speak, but they weren't like that. They were compassionate, they were empathetic, and they actually wanted to help. And I genuinely don't think I would be the person I am today without them.
0: Had you had relationships like this before? Were you open and vulnerable and?
1: I I I, I actually can't say that I had so many. So what would be your advice
0: to someone who's wanting some deep relationships in a short amount of time? What would be your
1: suggestion to them in Elevation? Get in a life group that is vulnerable and that connects you on a consistent basis because genuinely I believe that it was the consistency of that life group that changed my life. So how did you meet Brooke? I actually had seen her. Um, through all of the online services, she was the one singing. She was the pretty redhead singing. And I always said to all the life group boys, like, what do you guys think about Brooke? And what do you guys think about Brooke? I think at that time, I didn't care much for the message. I just cared to look at Brooke. (laughs) Well, Bonnie and I are so proud
0: of you and Brooke and the relationship you have. And we're so proud of our church that these relationships were built so quickly, um, so deeply. It's my prayer, my desire that every one of us would have that group of people where we're real, we're raw, we're vulnerable, we're open, we're, we're pouring into each other, building each other up. So praise God for you and Brooke and for our future together at Elevation. Well, praise God that um, something good came out of all those online services that we struggled over and preached and none of you listened or watched, you were just in your pyjamas in the kitchen, but we got a married couple out of it. I, I told Gabe you can call your baby online or call your baby... 10 a.m. or something because of the online service. Where do, you, uh, where do you go when you're struggling? Where do you go when you feel all alone? Where do you turn when you hit rock bottom? Where, where, where do you go when you're suffering anxiety and worry and stress and uncertain future? You feel overwhelmed. Where do you go when you're spiritually kind of cold, full of doubts and worries? Where, where, where do you go when your marriage has issues, your children have problems? Where do you go? Well, according to Scripture, you go to one another. You go to one another. Often we think we go to God, and we do. We have a vertical relationship with God, but sometimes we don't understand the importance of a horizontal relationship with each other. John fifteen thirteen says there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's what? For one's, one's friend. This is a deep, powerful relationships that God is trying to build within His body of believers. And we're to love each other as Christ loved us. And He loved us enough to give His life for us. And we may or may not have to give our life for someone, but we can practice sacrificial love in other ways by listening, helping, encouraging, giving. Wayne Mack says it this way the, the plain, unvarnished truth is that every one of us needs the accountability that comes from formal, regular, intimate relationships with other godly people. I think it's a powerful verse that we need to uh, embrace and encourage. It's it's the absolute truth. We need accountability, comes from formal, regular, intimate relationships with other godly people. Proverbs says it this way, 27 verse nine, sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy. For good friends are like the anointing oil, that yields the fragrant incense of God's presence. That's how powerful good friends are. Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. When disaster strikes, you won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It's better to go to a neighbour than a brother who lives far away. This series is all about building real, powerful, deep, meaningful relationships that are authentic. And it all starts with three words. The most powerful three words, I believe on planet Earth for you and for me, the most powerful three words that I can give as advice to my children and to the future generations, they are these words. I need help. I need help. I, it's got to start there. We need help with Christ to save us and we need help with each other to sustain us. We Need help, but too often we go through life printing, pretending we've got it all together and we don't need help when really we do. Why? We're the ones suffering. We let pride pretend, make us pretend we're all good. We're not. We need help. <laughs> I need help. I want us at elevation. That's our mantra. That's our war cry. We need help. God, we need you. God, we need you. God, we, we cannot do a day without you. God, we need you today. We need you tomorrow. Let that desperation never be far from our lips. God, we need you. And this series is all about realising that we need people. We need people to pour into, and we need people to pour into us. It's two ways. It's not just one or the other. Some of you, it's time to get in a life group. I'm just going to call you out. It is. Some of you, it's time to get that coffee going once a week. Some of you, it's time to have a regular, formal meeting with godly people, to get a mentor, speak into someone's life. We need it as a church to pour into each other. Henry Cloud is a great Christian. Christian psychologist, and he says these words, the undeniable reality is how well we do in life depends not only on what you do and how you do it, your skills and your competencies, but also who, who are you doing it with? Who's helping you? Miles, I don't have anyone helping me. Well, that's why we're having this series. That's okay. We're, 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 many of us are there, and, and we need to move beyond that. Who's fighting for you? I don't have anyone fight. I've got a lot of people fighting against me. <laughs> don't nudge your partner. <laughs> we're in this together. Who's fighting for you? Who's strengthening you? Man, I don't know. Everyone's just sucking the life out of me. No, no. Who's pouring into you? Who's strengthening you? Who's lifting you up? These people are literally making who you are. This This matters, this series. This is important for the rest of your life and for the generations to come. You might not have a choice about everything in life. Life just comes at you. But we do have a choice about the relationships we choose to make. And we do have a choice about the time we invest into those relationships. So Henry Cloud teaches there's four different connections or four different connectedness that happens in relationships. There's only one that will allow you to thrive. There's three fake ones that we live in so often. And this is how the world operates. And I want to bring this to light so we can see what we shouldn't do. Then we're going to dive into Scripture to see what we should do. So number one, here's the first type of relationships we shouldn't do. This is called disconnected this when there's no emotional connection you kind of you're there but nobody's home you lack empathy there's no giving or taking you have increased stress and fear and anxiety there's levels of distrust and suspicion and you end up in isolation you live in a bubble you're distant you're detached you're misunderstood you feel everything depends on you and you feel bogged down your result is you lose focus you fail to achieve your goals. You lose interest in relationships. And people around you, they, they, they don't feel valued. They don't feel listened to. Maybe you'll know someone like this. They're, they're just detached. They're, they're, they're almost numb. You know, you're talking to them, but you're not really connecting with them. We know that, right? Sometimes it's with our friendships. We're we're there, but we're just not getting through. There's a barrier. There's a wall. It's called disconnectedness. Number one, disconnectedness. Number two, there's a bad connection. This is when you're in a bad relationship. This is where the relationship makes you feel worse after you've hung out with them than better. You know, you're like, man, that was the longest coffee I've ever had in my life. Like, I get off this call. It just oh, sucks the life out of you. Um, they make you feel shame. They make you feel guilty. They often silence or stonewall, and you become defensive and you spend an awful Immense amounts of time worrying about what they think or worrying how you're going to respond I wish I would have said that when they said this and you know you'd play it over and over in your mind and often at work you're more concerned about gaining someone's approval than the performance itself it's a bad connection number one there's a disconnectedness there's an aloofness. You're not connected, you're disconnected. We get that. There's a bad connection. Unhealthy relationships. Uh, ben talked about that last week. We've got to cut those off. Next one is a false connection. Now, if the first two are downers in relationships, this one's an upper, but it's a false upper. This is one that sort of leads you to be fulfilled by other ways than true relationship. Could be addictions. Uh, could be alcohol, porn, sports, shopping, trips, endless scrolling. You, you, you find a comfort Uh, safety it's an escape but it never fulfills it never delivers the connectedness that God intends because these false people aren't are involved they're sort of they're distant you know it's through a screen or it's a distant relationship and you're always looking for more it's dangerous because this can take you on a path of addictions it's it's called a bad or a false connection. The final one, this is the one we pursue as followers of Christ. This is a real connection. This is where you can be yourself, your whole self, where you can just be you. Where the authentic, real you, you're able to say what you think. You're able to, to be real without feeling judged or condemned or put down. The relationship is not based on how you perform, but you're able to share your vulnerable self. It's where you bring your heart. There's a safety, there's a trust. Both parties are present. Both parties are heard. Both parties are understood. Both parties are mutually invested into each other. You share openly and honestly. They, they've they got your back. They've got your best interest in mind. They, they fuel you. They, they fulfill you. They, they help you achieve what God has called. They may call you out, but they do it with love and grace. Proverbs seventeen seventeen: A dear friend will love you no matter what. And a family sticks together through all kinds of troubles. Here's a great way to know whether you've got this real connection. You stick together even if you disagree. Uh, yeah. You stick together whether you're a vaxxed or an unvaxxed. You stick together whether you're Pentecostal or Baptist. You, you, you stick together, come on, whether you're a yes or no vote. You stick together whether you're liberal or labourer. You stick together whether you're a Parramatta supporter or a manly sea eagles. Manly hospital, baby, that's where I was born. Brookvale, North of Sydney Bears. Some of you hate me because I'm a manly boy. It has northern beaches. Arrogant, proud, <laughs> private school. I didn't go to, I went to Moan of Our Public, man, Pitwater High, beach up every day at that place. It was tough. <laughs> We're able to love no matter what. We listen, we hear, It doesn't mean we agree, but we love the friendship more than the opinion. Yeah. Who knows opinion changes. <laughs> we, we, we. We value the friendship. And I think this is one of the horrific things of COVID. It just tore churches apart. And, and we've got to fight for the relationship more than being right. We've got to fight for each other more than our own you know, specific opinion. So what do we do? Well, What does Scripture say? Well, if it all starts with, I need help, you've told me what, 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 you know, what, what we shouldn't do and this real connection sounds good. How do I get there? I've got two thoughts today and I want you to replay these in your mind. I really want you to write these down and lock in and challenge each other with these. These two words. I want you to put it on your car and put it on your phone and everywhere you go. Two thoughts that we're going to look in Scripture be present, get open be present get open I want you to resonate these two even as this might be some marriage counseling quickly here to be a great partner you've got to be present you've got to be open and and Bonnie as I preach uh, this to her uh, she often said to me like three times after later in the week are you being present right now <laughs> no no I'm not've got ADD. I'm distracted I'm thinking about where we're going what's going on the baptisms all this stuff happening how are we going to fit people in on another surface my mind's just getting Am I pre- no, I'm not present, doll, but thank you for reminding me, I will work on being present. This is preaching to me, preaching to me. Be present, be open. Are we ready? Number one, be present. George Washington, true friendship is a plant of slow growth, must undergo and withstand the shocks of adversity before it's entitled to appellation. I had no idea what a palliation meant. I had to look it up. Does anybody know what a palliation means? It's a big word. Hey. It means the title of friendship can only come through adversity. True, isn't it? Think we're friends until we don't get invited to the baby shower. I can't believe they didn't invite me. <laughs> we think we're friends and then we didn't get to go out to the dinner someone else got invited. Friendships take a bit of adversity. And, and through the adversity, that's where they become strengthened. Matthew four eighteen, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, uh, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, and they were fishermen. Come follow me. These three words, come follow me, are real specific. Because in the Jewish nation, the way they would establish their religion was a relationship between the rabbi and the disciple. And really the whole movement or or this faith of Judaism from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was passed through relationships, through stories. They didn't have the written Torah. Um, They they had uh, relationships they would pass on. So this relationship between a rabbi and a disciple was critical for the nation of Israel. Can we just pray for the nation of Israel? If we could, Father, we just pray for all the the, the, the wars, the, the 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 difficult times. You, the, the, the nation of Israel is your chosen people; they're, they're, they're godly, beautiful people that uh, need need to find Jesus. And we pray for revival. We pray for the innocent Palestinians. We pray they would find Jesus. We pray for all parties would would would, would find peace and safety. That your name would be lifted up. That Jesus, your your will would be established in that region. We we share love. We share commitment. We share uh, power of prayer uh, over that war that's happening right now um, with so many innocent civilians being casualty of this horrific war. We just pray for the power of God to move in Jesus' name, and so this relationship with the rabbi and the priest, uh, Jesus said, I'll, "I'll send you out to be fish to fish for people." And they left their nets and they followed him. So this is it, it, this is relating to a relationship. This is relating to a relationship with a uh, a, a, um, a rabbi. And the disciple, and it's two ways. And they would literally do life with the rabbi. They would follow the teaching, they would live together. They would live in homes together, they would work together, they would walk together, they would literally do life 24 hours a day. What is why am I saying that? They were present. I love The Chosen, you know, that that show that you can watch. It's uh, seeing the disciples sort of do life. They're doing it together. They're present. They're they're in each other's lives. They're, They're physically present. And this went on for years between the disciple and the rabbi. Are you present with your relationships? Are you just ships passing through the night? Or are you present? If we could, I'd love to call the elephant out in the room this one because we can't be present if we're looking at this thing and here's what statistics and research is showing. You know who's more upset with technology in our rooms? It's not the parents upset with the kids. It's kids are upset that they can't see their parents because their parents are disconnected because of scrolling in the phone. I always thought as a parent, it was I'm frustrated. We, we try and hold out as long as we can before we give our kid a phone because as soon as they get a phone, they're just gone. <laughs> We've lost them. Hello? <laughs> and so we hang on as long as we possibly can because something when a phone enters your world, you lose the mind of presence. You're, you're distracted. You're you're elsewhere. The phone just takes your you away, and and you just the hours are scrolling. But it disconnects you. And children are pleading for connection with their parents. They're crying out for their parents to be present. And I think that's the danger of technology. It can make us not present. You see, we develop relationships face to face, not thumbs to thumbs or fingers to fingers. Who who texts with their fingers? Anybody? Fingers? Text? Fingers? Couple? Whose thumbs? Thumbs. I think. Whose thumbs and finger? Th- both. <laughs> both. Face to face. There is no shortcut. By seeing someone, their body language, their eyes, you, you connect, you, you, you see them face to face. We, we, we don't do thumbs to thumbs. Um, we, we, we don't do fingers to fingers. Now, if you're married... You can do belly button to belly button. I'm all for that. Five kids, I'm all for that. But we don't do friends with benefits. That's for married couples, belly button to belly button. But what we want to build relationships. <laughs> you've got to have fun in church, hey. Sorry for all the single people out there. It's a married thing. It's a benefit. Just belly button to belly. I oh, thought that was so funny. But we, 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 it's face to We've got to be present face to face. Face to face. Face to face. How often are we with someone we're not with them? We're in the room, we're not there. We go out to dinner and we're on our phone. Somehow we've got to take authority (laughs) and and realise, phones are good, we can use them, but we've got to build relationships face-to-face. That's how we be what? Present. Be present. Be present. Be present. Be present. Be present. present. Hebrews 10.24, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good words. And let us not neglect our what? Meeting, we talked about this with COVID and church and why do we meet? I think we meet, but we can be face-to-face present. That's where relationships are developed. That's what Jesus did. He walked with his disciples. He lived with his disciples, um, as some people have done, but encourage one another. Come to church, be present. Get in a life group, be present. Especially now the day of his return is drawing near. The word meeting together in this context, is only used twice in Scripture. And it means to meet physically with a spiritual purpose so it's great to be social and we need to and have those social interactions but there's something about a believer also having a spiritual purpose we meet together uh, physically but we also have a spiritual purpose talk about the things of God talk about what God's doing there's got to be sort of that physical but also that spiritual connection and when we neglect meeting together we neglect being motivated being encouraged being supported We, we, we neglect you know encouraging. Notice it says one another. It doesn't say meet with the pastor. Right? doesn't say meet with the spiritual aunt, you know, whose song leads. And she's got the presence of God around her. And she never had a red light in her life. She just drives down the street and everything turns green. And she goes into the shops and the, you know, the sea of people part. She's just such a mighty woman of God. No, no, it says meet with one another. You don't have to meet with the pastor. You don't have to meet with a church leader. Meet with one another. The power of this relationship in the body of Christ is you all connecting and being present together one of the best ways to be present is to listen before you give your opinion don't just wait to speak listening isn't just waiting till you get your turn listening is let the person be heard often that changes what you say anyway when you listen I was a builder for many years and at 35 I changed my role into being a pastor and I really hadn't had much training. I was with Craig Rochelle in America for 15 years and I didn't really understand the whole pastoral side and I got a phone call the first, I don't know, couple months of a friend of mine who his three-year-old had drowned in the family pool. And, I, you know, I, no one equips you as a pastor for this type of stuff. I, I just didn't know what to do. So I'm driving over, there, what am I going to say? You know, I'm going to pull out a scripture. I'm going to say a prayer. And, I, I, you know, I'm thinking. I'm trying to get advice. And I, I just ended up sitting next to him on the patio. I, I didn't say a word. I, I felt like a failure. And I sat there. Probably 40 minutes went by without a word. And he kind of looked over at me and sort of gave me a nod. See, men, we have this whole other level of communication. We don't have to say words. We don't. We just look and nod and grunt and, and we understand it. By him looking and nodding, I knew he wanted to clean up the back patio. Amazing. Men, we we just get it, right? So we got up and we're sweeping and cleaning and just, you know, spent a couple of hours there, cleaned the pool area and just sort of worked and, and and didn't say a word. It was crazy. I didn't know what to say. And then the next day I came back and he sort of gave me the nod again, and how you doing? You know, you can, men. We, we a lot transpires with a nod, right? We get it, and so he sort of nodded and over. And I knew exactly what he wanted to do. There were fence palings, there was some concrete, there was some posts. What does that mean? Fence, right? Let's build a fence. We know this stuff. We don't need to talk about it. So I went over there and I built this fence with him. And again, we hardly said anything. Hardly said a word. This went on for about a week. I just kept showing up. I was present. I was present. I was present. I, I think it was tough because Sam, um, who's my third, fourth, or one of them, one of the five, he's the same age. And so I always thought, oh, man, it's just broke my heart, you know, that the same age as my kid. And um, years later, I, I come to find out through some other people in the church that what helped him get through was what Pastor Miles said. Now, remember, I didn't say anything, <laughs> I didn't say a thing. What he really meant to say was that I showed up. That I was present. Not on my time frame, but on his. We gotta be present. There's too many distractions out there not to fight for being present. Something happens when two or three gather, the Bible say, that the presence of God is in our midst. There's something spiritual. There's something powerful. Number one, be present present. Be present, think about it be present i 'm going to be present with my kids i 'm going to be present with my grandkids I'm going to be present with my spouse i 'm going to be present i 'm going to be present i 'm going to be present number two be number one be present number two, get open. Many will tell you proverbs twenty verse six they 're your loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly trustworthy 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 friend is an open friend, honest friend trustworthy friend you can share everything and they won't reject you Zig Ziglar says if you go looking for a friend you're going to find they're very very scarce if you go out to be a friend you'll find them everywhere we need to be trustworthy first we need to provide trust. Don't gossip. Don't backbite. Don't, what can you believe? We're, 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 we be trustworthy. We're, we're, that's how you build openness. Get open builds a real connection. We impress people with our, uh, sorry, we may impress people with our strength, but we connect with people through our weakness. Isn't that true? Nobody wants someone who's got it all together and has all the answers. I just want someone who cares about me. Confess your sins to each other, James five sixteen. And pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. This is a powerful verse. Don't miss this verse. This, this was probably what I wanted for the whole series, but it sort of didn't work with our graphics and you know, our, where we went with our messages. But this to me is, is the heartbeat of this series, genuine. Confess your sins to each other. Christ forgives us, but it's people that heals us. And so what we see is, is this attitude of confession that is needed. All through the history of the church, when there have been revivals, there's been repentance and confession. When God moves, there is a repentant and a confessing heart. When we see even in the early church, in the book of Acts, there was this confession that would come. We see in Acts 19, 18, um, that many who became believers confessed they sinful practices. There's something that happens when you open up to confession. Now, we're not going to have confession Sunday and we're not going to hear all your problems, but find someone who you can confess with. This is something we don't do anymore as Christians. This is biblical. This is historical, that there was this confession relationship in the church that built an openness real deep genuine confession it's been part of every awakening and revival for the last 250 years this is where it's two ways between people you're open, you're real that's why life groups are so important you don't confess in rows you confess in circles when you're face to face be present get open I'll finish with this story. Liam was a renowned heart surgeon. He told his counsellor he'd blown it big time, had an affair with a nurse in the hospital. His wife had moved out, hospitals mad, investments threatened, HR problems, personally devastated. So what did he do? Well, he wanted to turn it around. He agreed to therapy. Marriage counselling, changing his work hours, eating better, cutting alcohol, being a better husband, being a better father. An exhaustive list of things that he committed to do every day, which sounds good, right? Good for him. When Liam asked the counsellor what he thought, he said, the counsellor said, The plan will surely fail. Well, what do you mean, Liam said? I'm doing all this stuff. I, 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 I'm making change in every area of my life. And the counsellor says because every change you've mentioned requires more output from you, more discipline, more work, more power, more willpower. It all depends on you. The counsellor explained, like a car that runs out of petrol, a car can't fill itself up someone else has to put the petrol in or like a heart he's a heart surgeon there's two pipes that go in and two that go out you can't have blood flowing out unless you have blood flowing in the counselor went on to say the only way to succeed in change is getting help from others others that fuel you motivate you hold you accountable That's why in all the AAs and the uh, behaviour change, there's confession, there's accountability partners. There's there's input that's needed into your life. You you can't care for others if you're constantly outputting. Relationships put in and take out. Relationships fuel you. They pour into you. Some of you, you need some real relationships. You need someone that's going to fight for you. You need someone that cares for you. You need someone that even wants to listen. You need someone. And some of you need to be that to someone else. Someone who's prepared to listen, prepared to care, to take the time. There's nothing more important than our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. Let's be a church at Elevation. We're genuine, we're real. That each other matters. It's not just a church service, as great as this is, it's powerful. But there's relationship. That's what the body of believers is. ecclesia. it's people gathering. It's not a building, denomination or a title or a name or a style. It's people. I need people in my life. I need help. I need people encouraging me. I need to encourage others. We need to be a church that's not seized our measurement of success by attendance or giving or other metrics. We see our strength through relationships, how deep our relationships are with God and each other. That's what measures the healthy church in the book of Acts. They met in the temple in the homes. We cannot shortcut this process of building deep genuine relationships with each other. Father, we pray today we would realize we need help. We need to be a church that's focused on relationships with others. A church that takes time for each other. A church that cares for each other. A church that supports each other.